before listening, ask a doctor if your heart is healthy enough for Dallas Cowboys football. This is Hanging with the Boys, broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Now, your host, Nate Newton, Kurt Daniels, and Shannon Gross. Man, it's Thursday. It's Thursday. And we are bringing the heat on Thursday. You got it. We got an action-packed show. Later on, we're going to have Chris Hall. What's Chris's title? Assistant Director of Scouting? Uh, scouting? Something like that. It's scouting. Big muckety-muck in the scouting. All right. We're going to have a, a, a fan call in from none other than Computer. He's going to tell us what he thinks about the team. Uh-oh. And in studio, we're missing Nate, but we more than made up for it. Live in studio, Kayvon Frazier. What's up, Kayvon? What's up, what's up, y'all? How y'all doing? Good. Thanks Great, for joining man. us. Yeah, you yeah, hadn't no problem. You hadn't been in studio with us, have you? No, nah, this has to be the first time. Yeah, just out of training yeah. camp with us, right? Yeah. Cool, man. What's been happening? Mm-hmm. Man, nothing. Just, you know, just grinding on the field and off the field. Yeah? You've been <laughs> uh, been showing out on special teams a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, just, just making the most of, you know, every chance I get. Yeah? What do you think about the young guys on the team? You talking about like like the rookies? Yeah. He is a young guy. Oh, yeah, I'm a young yeah, guy. Like, what? I'm still a young guy. You're too, like a rookie and a half right now, right? <laughs> right, right, right. No, I love them though. Uh, you know, they always come out to eat with us every Thursday. Um, we get we get like a big group of guys just to go out to eat, mm-hmm. and they always come. So, man, I love you know our rookie DBs, uh, J J Lou X Quez mm-hmm. and Cheeto. I love them. You know, we get along really well. Cool, cool, cool. Your week. Uh, any different this week with Heath being banged up a little bit, or does it change anything for you? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a lot more third down reps. Uh, I'm rotating in there a little bit more. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a lot different actually. Yeah, that's a good thing though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing. Uh, not that you know it's good that uh, Heath is hurt, right. but you know it's more chances for me though. Yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about. So you and you and Keith Smith have this friendly rivalry going on where <laughs> you guys tried to raise a little bit of money right right ago, right, right yep. through, through social media tell us a little bit about that and then and then i saw on social media where you guys are doing stuff on, on your days off together right yeah yeah so the the little rivalry was it was actually called a charity war so mm-hmm. so me and him was uh competing to raise the most money for uh different charities uh Keith chose Incarnation House, which um, you know I do a lot of work with. Um, they're they're a um, homeless shelter shelter for for like high schoolers. You know, after school they go there and eat and do their homework and you know just hang out, mm-hmm. uh, watch their clothes. Um, yeah, so you know they're a great organization that I do a lot of work with, and I go over there and hang out all the time. Um, and mine's was my own uh, foundation called Fraser Cares. Um, you know, Fraser Care just benefits uh, children at risk and children without fa- uh, father figure. Um, because I grew up without a father figure, and my mom, you know, she was doing all she could to, to you know, just put food on the table and clothes on our back. So, you know, I just want to do all I can to help out. Yeah. So, so it, go ahead. Uh, it sounds like it, when you're growing up, it, the Boys and Girls Club really played a big part. Oh yeah, life, yeah. It? I definitely do. You know, I do a lot of uh, work with the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, in Dallas and back in uh, Michigan, where I'm from, yeah, uh, yeah, growing, growing up, uh, I was in the Boys and Girls Club, um, you know, they basically helped raise me, um, you know, that's where I first started playing football at, and basketball, so, you know, they definitely helped raise me, uh, they, they helped keep my, uh, grades up and academics up, and, yeah, uh, those guys over there, you know, in the Michigan uh, Boys and Girls Club was definitely like father figures uh, yeah. for for me growing up. What part of Michigan are you from? Uh, Grand Rapids. Okay. Also known as Gunru. Gunru, yo. What was that like? You know, you hear so much about Detroit and what its scene is, and Flint's had a lot mm-hmm. of trouble. It's, I mean, what's, it's Grand Rapids. Did you kind of face some of that as well? Uh, yeah, it's definitely some bad parts. Uh, unfortunately, I lived in uh, one of the bad parts. Uh, Grand, Grand Rapids is... It's like a smaller Detroit at some point. Um, uh, it's definitely more good than bad there, though. But, you know, we lived in one of the rougher parts in Grand Rapids. Who's your Who's your buddy 
Who's your best buddy on the team? Who you hang out with outside of work? You know the answer to that, Keith. I know. I know, <laughs> I know but not everybody else yeah, me Kirk and didn't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, to answer your uh, question uh, earlier, uh, yeah, yeah, on our off day, we do a lot of uh, work. Uh, like, like, we go read books, like, almost every Monday. Almost every off day we get, we go read books to different elementary schools in the uh, DFW area. So... I was looking yeah, at so some of the community stuff you do. It's amazing how much work you're doing. That yeah, you even find the time to do all that stuff. It's great. I mean, you just you just take you know every little uh, chance you get. It's just like the football field. You know, every little chance you get, you got to make the most of it. And you know, that same in the community. Every little chance you get, you know, I want to help change somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and that's pretty. That's pretty cool, man. Usually, guys don't start doing that and create a foundation and start giving back until they've been in the league three or four or five years, and this is your second year, and you actually started last year. You took a bunch of kids yeah. Christmas shopping for shoes, right? Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, that's a, a annual thing that we do now. Starting last year as a rookie, um, I take kids to Under Armour, you know, every year. Um, last year I took 35 kids. This year I'll take 35 kids to the uh, North Park Under Armour, and, uh, you know, we'll just do some shopping for, for Christmas. What made you, like, what made you want to give back so early in your career? Well, just just basically, you know, what I went through uh, as a child growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, my, my dad wasn't around. He left me and my sister when I was two. And my sister, well, I was one and a half, and my sister was like three. So, um, and we, and my mom, she she did a lot to uh, put us in Christian schools and to uh, take, take us around playing different sports and stuff like that. But there was other people, like, in the Christian schools that um, that helped us out a lot. So... So they really motivated me to uh, start giving back uh, so early. Yeah. Next time you, uh, next time you and Keith go read to to a school or whatever, give me like a, a day heads up. Okay. We'll yeah. go follow you and make a video out of it, so everybody sure, can see kind sure. of what you guys do. Because I don't think a lot of people know that no. that y'all do that. Great. Yeah. Awesome. So I mean, I don't know when the next time we're gonna read because we got this. Uh, we're a little stretch right now. Yeah. We play on Sunday, Thursday, Thursday. Yeah. So it'll probably be after the uh, the the second Thursday week that we'll go read on that Monday. Yeah. But I know you did a you've done a lot of just one off things on your own even before the foundation. But now that you've started the foundation, is that is that like a whole new game? Is it a little bit challenges actually being a part of your own foundation and running that? Um, it's basically the same. Uh, you know, I don't. Yeah, it's basically the same. Uh, I got a publicist who who uh, do like the dirty work, yeah, and, you know, yeah. and set everything up yeah. now. So, so that's like the uh, the different part that I have now since I have the foundation is that I, you know, I have a platform to to have like uh, people work for me, like like my publicist, and um, we got a few interns in uh, Michigan that it, that's working uh, back home setting stuff up for my camps and stuff uh, like that coming this summer. So, uh, you know, but other than that, you know, it's basically the same. Yeah, um, yeah it's it, just basically the it same. It was impressive, the, just the Hurricane Harvey relief and all the water you collected and everything. I mean, here's that's not even our, our city, you know, right. more or less. It's not Grand Rapids, but you guys really came out for that. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was, you know, that was devastating that um, those people was going through all that. So, you know, we just tried to do, you know, as much as possible to give back and help them out. Um, even if it was just water, you know, we tried to get clothes, water, uh, toilet paper, and, you know, anything that could uh, help give back. So, um, you know, we just try to take part in little stuff. We don't try to go out of, you know, go out of the ordinary, but we try to, uh, you know, do as much as we can to, uh, to help out and give back. Just that kind of stuff, getting water or reading the kids. I mean, that gets right. overlooked so often. I mean, that's that's important right. to do. Pretty awesome. Yeah. What uh on the field? What's besides AT and T Stadium? What's the your favorite place that you played so far? My and my favorite place I played played so far was definitely uh, Denver Stadium. Yeah, you like that Broncos Stadium, man. They just it was just so loud, and you know the football atmosphere was crazy there. So yeah, yeah it was definitely that stadium. Yeah, it was definitely loud. <laughs> did uh did the altitude mess with you at all up there? Personally, I didn't feel like it messed with me. Yeah. But you know, I can't speak for everybody, but personally I don't think it messed with me. Yeah. That's cool. When you're in it when you're playing and you've been coming uh, you've been on defense filling in, you know, every series or every other series, something like that. Is it hard to 
get in the flow that quickly when you're not maybe starting and playing every you know playing as many snaps? Is it hard to jump right in, or does that help you in some ways because you're a little bit fresher? Um, it's definitely a challenge. Um, you know, I was just talking to my agent yesterday. Like, yeah, man, it's hard to uh, to come in and uh, and just start tackling. Yeah, you know what I'm saying when yeah. when you haven't been tackling the whole game, you know, it's definitely a challenge. But you know, you just like me, I just try to stay ready. Just stay ready. So, so when my name get called, I just go out there and try to make a play. Yeah, I know. I read a story that last year as a rookie, and I'm sure most rookies are like this. It's you're you're a little passive. You're not sure. You're trying to feel your way out. And this year, it sounded like your goal was just to be more aggressive. You know, you you know the playbook better and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Do you kind of feel like you've taken that ne- next step like that? Yeah, last year, even on like kickoff, I see myself running down there. I'm like, man, I know I'm way faster than that. Like I was more like hesitant and. You know, I didn't want to make a mistake and stuff like that. But this year, you know, I'm just, you know, boss to the wall, just like everything just full speed. So, it shows. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm just not, you know, I'm, I still, like, nobody want to make a mistake, but I'm just not really worried about that. I'm just more worried about just just playing full speed and, um, you know, just playing to the best that I can play. All right, so we got a minute or so left with Kayvon. So let's play a game, Kayvon. Uh-oh. Let's do it. Let's play. We've never done this before, <laughs> so we might mess this all up. So we're just going to ask you rapid-fire questions. Kurt, we'll take turns. I go, you go. Ooh, I go, you go. I don't have I go. any questions. I don't either. <laughs> I, look, I have nothing in front of me. That's what's going to make this so fun. Okay. Well, one of you can ask Nate's default question. No, no. These are rapid-fire. This is going to be quick. Like, what's your favorite color? What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? Are you ready, Kurt? <laughs> I right, hope. Short answers, Kayvon. Mm-hmm. Nothing complicated. Yep. You look nervous. No, I'm good. Okay. What's your favorite animal? <laughs> it's actually a hyena. Ah, hyena. Okay. Like, I mean, I grew up just liking hyenas because uh, my my favorite uh, movie is The Lion King. Uh, That's right. Everybody knows from my, from my social media. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, is that the yeah, Simba like or whatever? Yeah. The, okay, I wonder. Yeah. That was Whoopi Goldberg's character, wasn't it? Yeah. Was she the hyena? Yeah, her and uh, was it Cheech? Cheech was one of the yeah. other voices. Yeah, Cheech Marin. Yeah, and I just always liked the hyenas on there. Okay, <laughs> Kurt, do you miss being a running back? You were in high school. No. <laughs> you like hitting better than getting hit. As a safety, you get to control how you hit people. As a running back, you you can't like <laughs> you get hit. And no, I'm good. Uh, what's your dream car? Oh, dream car, a uh, G wagon. G wagon. All right. Your turn, Kurt. Quit delaying Who's this. The- You're slowing this game down. <laughs> Who's the best dressed? Who's the best dresser on the team? Me. Him. Hey, him, right. man. Him. In fact, he posted no about questions. that. He posted no about questions. that yesterday, didn't you? Yeah. Everything's. Everybody else is just racing for second place. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite part of this facility? The star. Probably the hot tubs and everything. I spend a lot of time in there, just just chilling in the hot tub. Yeah. You getting mm-hmm. that cold tub often? Yeah, a little bit. I can't. You know, I, I don't gotta, know. How, I don't be careful. I don't know how y'all do it, man. Yeah, I Ooh. used to. Cold this, this when is the you're fir- older. <laughs> and this is the first year that I actually start doing it. Like, other than like, I used to be like a little sissy about that. <laughs> I don't blame <laughs> it. I wouldn't want no part of that. All right, last question, Kurt. You can. You have it. you uh, grew up in Michigan, went to college in Michigan. Was mm-hmm. it a shock moving south to Dallas? Uh, no, it was all good. Yeah, it was all good. Yeah, it's mean, snow. It was a little, there's a little culture change with the uh, weather and everything, but, you know, other than that, w- with the weather and then the size of the city, because Grand Rapids isn't, like, well, any part of Michigan don't have no big cities like this. But other than that, like, you know, everything else is normal. Yeah, how about this weather? It's November 16th, and it's, like, 75 <laughs> degrees outside. I love it, man. Yeah. Awesome, isn't it? In Michigan, November 16th, it's probably, like, negative 2. <laughs> <laughs> negative yeah. 20. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> no, nope, I don't want no part of that. Well, man, we appreciate you coming on the show. Man, I appreciate y'all. Keep balling out, and uh, hopefully we can get you back on before the season's over at some point. Yep, yep, yep. Thank y'all. All appreciate right, you. Man. We'll be right back on Hanging with the Boys. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. 
That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas in football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to Hanging with the Boys. Back live from the star. That was fun. He's a good man. He's a good dude, man. Tavon's a... He's kind of an under-the-radar good dude. You don't hear a lot about what he does, but... Yeah, know. especially as much community work he does, he should get more recognition. Yeah, you know, he, uh, especially being a second-year player. Yeah. Kurt. Yes. Talk about balls. Balls. True Cowboy loves his freedom, and Tommy John gives you that feeling of freedom where it counts with a contour pouch that nestles you in fabrics you can barely feel. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. So strong at the balls. Mm. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Douglas, do we have a uh, we do. guest on the line? I'll let you do the introductions. All righty. So we have a very special guest and a friend from way back of the show. One of the biggest Cowboy fans there is in the world. From 3-6 Mafia fame, Computer. What's up? What's hey. up? What is up, man? It's right. been too long. How you been? I know, man. It's been too long, man. I just, I get quiet during football season. <laughs> yeah. I, I beg to differ, not according to your uh, Twitter account. <laughs> oh, yeah. I be going off on people all the time. <laughs> <laughs> where, are you, uh, where are you at right now? Uh, actually, I'm in Tupelo right now. Okay. Home of Elvis Presley. How you feeling? You little you little banged up? Yeah, I was in a car wreck Tuesday. Got rammed in from the rear. Mm. Never, uh, never good to get rammed from the rear. Never, never. <laughs> even 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 if you have Tommy John's off. <laughs> <laughs> you feeling all right though? Just a little sore? Yeah, I'm a little sore. I got to go back into the doctor tomorrow for a follow up. My back been bothering me, and I had my arm. I was holding the armrest when they when the lady rammed us. So, mm. so I got to get all that checked out. Make sure I'm cool. Well, tell us how you feeling about this team right now. I've been so down in the dumps. Uh, I got a new girlfriend. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's Nate's question. And uh, she, uh, 30, she, uh, amazing. But anyway, <laughs> I've been quiet. And uh, she's like, well, wh- what's wrong? Because this is her first football season with me, so she really don't know who I am. And uh, and then when we beat, uh, I think it was Kansas City, she said, "Well, y'all won. Uh, you'll be in a, you'll be normal this week." I said, "We won last week." She said, "Oh my God, what is wrong with you?" <laughs> <laughs> you say you apparently don't watch Cowboys football, do you? No, nah, she don't. She don't have no clue. I get talking about Zeke and all that. And she's like, "What? Well, it'll be all right." I said, "No, nah, it's not gonna be all right." And um, she just. But she's sweet, so I just she just don't understand why I don't be talking much. Yeah, she why I'm not talking she much. She live in Tupelo? Yes, Tupelo, Mississippi. Yeah, okay. between there and uh, – I go back, back between there and L.A. Yeah. Where's your girl live? She lives in Tupelo? Yeah, Tupelo. Okay. Well, Pontotoc is like 20 minutes from my house. Okay. What did you think about that game on Sunday against the, the Falcons? Well, I wasn't – I was upset about it, but the way everything went down during the game, it just it just bothered me that we went down there. And uh, I'm not upset with the team. It just was just just something that just happened to us. Uh, I sometimes I feel like that our team doesn't match the hate that comes from other teams. 
Mm-hmm. I think when we play NFC East teams, we kind of get up for them and hate them back the same way. But when whenever you the Cowboys play somebody, we're gonna get that team's best shot, no matter if they one and fifteen or fifteen and one. They're mm-hmm. gonna they, everybody wants to beat the Cowboys, and everybody hates the Cowboys. So I always say it's us against the other thirty-one, yep. no matter what. It's not a league where everybody's together. The other team might work together, but ain't nobody trying to help us out because they don't want us on top. Yeah. You, you think know? that makes it harder every single week? You got a team every bringing their game? week, and then everybody wants to play, and then you have other players that come in and they make a play and they imitate one of our player celebrations or something. It's just weird. You're not happy where you at? <laughs> you know, I, I don't get it. You know, teams want they want to throw up this eggs when they make a play or do something, or they want to do this and do that. It just they want to feed themselves, you know, like Zeke. It just I kind of knew this was going to happen. We had so much success last year. I knew they was going to try to do something to try to stop it. That's the one thing I just can't understand. Why is the league so against the Cowboys? I just don't understand it. We the ratings are down on every other team except for the Cowboys, but they still hate. I, I don't get it. I just don't. And the way they treat Mr. Jones, I, I don't like that, man. I couldn't, I couldn't be working for Jerry and be see some of them people because they'd be taking me out in handcuffs. <laughs> Y'all got Mr. Jones messed up. Just like I take up a apologies, it'd be the same way. <laughs> when's he gonna? Like, when's he gonna take you riding in his helicopter? Oh yeah, he could. Huh? I love it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, it just, it's, I, I, it, it hurts me to see our, us to go through the same thing every. I mean, they. They they started with the salary cap to stop the Cowboys. Then they came up with the Michael Irvin rule. Then they came up with the Eric Williams rule. Then they came up with the Roe Williams rule. You know, and then all the stuff that's happened the past couple of years and the dead catch. That fake call they called on, on Butler last year in the playoffs. You know, or McCarthy got with the rest before the game. I'm like, come on, man. Can you play? I don't mind us losing, but when we losing to somebody and the field is not level, that's what bothers me, yep. you know. They don't make us play. It's not a, it's not a level playing field when we play somebody. Man, go to no, CowboysConspiracies.com. No, no four games, and we got a good pass rush. You know they hold. They was holding in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I saw. You know? I saw you retreated Gil Brands. Was twenty six quarters since an offensive lineman's been called for holding against Dallas? Wow, twenty six quarters. That'll get you a conspiracy three theory. Yeah, going yeah. And then the whole thing with them owners hating no on Jerry. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> they the envy that jacket. That, and my whole problem with the whole thing with Zeke was when that lead investigator said that she felt like no suspension and the witness testimony went crap. That's all I had to hear. Yeah. I, and I had to talk to nobody else. It's just like if you go to court and go to trial and the jurors find you not guilty, but the prosecutor and the judge like, well, we kind of want you to go to jail, so we're going to say the eighth or whatever they had to say. You know? And that's, that's that's why we hadn't been playing good because that's been mentally been on the team. He wasn't getting the reps in preseason, so when it came out, it wasn't all together. It didn't mill in the back of their head. It just kept going and going, you know. And now, you know, it just I don't know what we're gonna do. Who do you, I, I just don't know what we're gonna. Who do, do you think this team miss is is more of an impact not being on the field? Tyron, Zeke, or Sean Lee? I go Zeke, Sean Lee, then Tyron. Really. Yes, because yeah. teams are scared of Zeke. Mm-hmm. You know, just like Kansas City changed their whole defense, you know. Yeah, I saw, uh, I saw a news article today talked about, you know, Chaz Green did start two games last year and played well, but we had Zeke in the lineup. Zeke yeah. ran for over 100 yards. and so that, my, my, my observation is that Zeke is like Michael Irvin was. You know, the Cowboys, we never won a game without Michael Irvin when he wasn't on the field. We had seen We won that. without Troy. We didn't win without Emmett, and we didn't win without Mike. The reason why we didn't win without Mike because he was that emotional leader that gave the team that, uh, and that same thing comes from Zeke. Even though Dak is the leader of the team, Zeke is the Michael Irvin. You know what I'm saying? He the one who go crazy. Dak got to be calm and cool because he's the quarterback like Troy was. Yep. And Mike had to be his place of getting everybody crunk, getting everybody fake. You know what I'm saying? You think and he's more that Zeke guy? You think yeah. he's more that guy than like Dez? You think Zeke's more that yeah, guy? Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, uh huh. Because uh, it's it's he's more physical. He he's able because we we're a running team. Dez, if Dez started out doing his his catches and stuff at the beginning of the game and getting crunk, yeah. But Zeke is that you know Zeke. You know, since we're a running team, he does that. Right. How'd you computer? How'd you become a Cowboys fan? My dad. Mm-hmm. So you used to watch games together. 
Uh huh. And we still we still do. He gets mad now. He gets he gets he gets mad, and I do. He can't even watch. He get a he'll start watching. <laughs> Like last season, he watched all the game last year. He was cool, but once they started that mess this year, he gets so upset he can't watch. He 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 just like I get it from him. So, <laughs> who are uh, who are your your other teams? Who's your NBA team? I don't. Re- I, when Michael Jordan quit playing basketball, I quit watching. Really? Cause, yeah, because I feel like they don't play hard like Mike did. Good you know, for it's just, you. It's yeah. not the same. It's a different game now. It seems like. Yeah. What about baseball? You watch baseball? No, Cardinals. I guess. Yeah. No. Uh-uh. Good Hot for you. Board. Hockey. No, college football, I used to watch it, but man, I'm so into the Cowboys, man. I can't even have, like, State was playing Alabama. Everybody in Mississippi was going crazy. Yeah. Are you, you worried about that? I said, man, I am not worried about Mississippi State. Are you in, are you in Mississippi State territory or Ole Miss? I don't know. Well, I'm 40 minutes from Starkville and 35 minutes from Arkansas. Oh, you're right in the middle of it all, huh? But you I'm root, in dead in the middle. <laughs> you, you root for uh, State, though, right? Yeah, I root for State for the football, but the girls, Oxford. <laughs> so were you doing were you doing cartwheels when they drafted Dak? Oh yeah, I was going crazy when that happened. I said my quarterback fixed to be my quarterback. That's awesome. And see, I knew that when when they drafted Dak, I said, man, just like they said in that uh, Brandon Lee movie, uh, The Crow, he said it can't rain forever. I said it's not gonna rain for everybody. Just laughed at me. because Dak, all that thing that Parcel said about all the things he liked in a quarterback, Dak hit every last one of them. And he was, and he he been in the SEC. He done been through that fire. Man, Alabama one year they were just killing him, and they was hitting him, and he was just he just kept on and on and on, and, and he earned their respect. They would pick him up, they would pick him off the up up off the ground. When they hit him because they respected him. Hmm. I got a funny story. I was in Sam's the other day, and I seen this big old tall dude. I said, man, that dude need to be playing on Sunday. But I had I was decked out in cowboy stuff. It was Chris Jones from Kansas City. <laughs> really? He said, "Computer, you ain't recognize him. You ain't gonna speak." And I looked. I said, "Oh wow!" I said, "I, I thought I was like, man, who is this big tall dude? He need to be playing some ball somewhere." <laughs> I didn't know he was that tall because I hadn't seen him since Starkville. He done, he done had a, he had a grow, he done had a growth spurt since he'd been up there. Yeah, he's a big, he's a big man. I didn't realize God, how, how big he was tall. until until we man, played him the other day. But who you think? So uh, I, who, who do you think the Cowboys' biggest rival is these days? Eagles. Man, about worried about the Eagles. What? You're not worried about Sunday? <laughs> I mean, I mean, they're gonna talk all that noise. I mean, they've been on there talking so much noise. I wish I could go to Philadelphia. I'd be up there like Rock. I'd go up there like uh, Mr. T. Just start knocking them all out. Man, they uh-huh. they'd run you out of that city if you went up there. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. I'd run them up out of there. It's <laughs> awesome. a good old Mississippi boy. We'll go up there and take that town over. <laughs> I mean, they've been talking so much noise, and then Doug Peterson talking all that noise about Dak last year and then over the summer. Nobody's brought up none of those comments we said, talking about Dak just had to step in off the bus. He had a good team around him. He's not that good of a quarterback and dude's better. And dude was drafted the first or second pick in the draft. He better be better. But <laughs> I, I, I would take Dak over him any day of the week. To me, you know, it's like, to me, he's fake that Carson Wentz, the kicker make an extra point. He run out in the middle of the field to take the kicker's hand. I'm like, come on, man. You just <laughs> you playing to – I mean, it's just so fake to me. You know, he's a good player, you know. And they and Philadelphia wouldn't have picked him if Dallas hadn't have been working him out. No way. They were so worried that Dallas was going to get him. They traded half their team or whatever they did to get up there. You know. Yeah, worked so, you out know, for they, And plus they had an easier schedule. They only played one team with a winning record. That's it? Yeah. It is an it easy schedule for them. Yeah, they're about to play another one this this Sunday. And oh. then you know their the teams that the rest of their schedule is three three point eight nine and ours is a four point five. And Washington actually has a tougher schedule the rest of the year than what all of the teams have. But you're saying they got so, a you know, game just, Sunday? You know, no, I don't know. The team I mean, with the winning schedule. Oh, okay. I yeah. winked when I so said maybe, that. I mean, we'll see what happens Sunday. As long as we, as long as we show up and fight back, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about. It. I just don't want nobody to quit. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think you got any quitters on this team. I don't think they quit. I don't think they quit this past Sunday. I think they just got their, yeah. their butts whipped. You know, you say what you want about. I wouldn't. I really Derek, they seem to follow I just said we just was. We wasn't. We didn't scheme right. I I think they were thinking about Philadelphia. I don't think they weren't even worried about them now. You think this game was on on the players or the coaching or a little bit of both? A little bit of both. Yeah. Because I think they probably think we go on there and thump, uh, thump them. You know. And then our backs and some of our players, backup players, need not have the attitude that they 
just like the starters. You gotta, you gotta come on now. You, you're not Charlie. You're not Zeke. Now, come on now. You gotta, gotta play bring, like huh? you got something to prove and stuff instead of playing like you're already there. Yeah. Hey, computer, quick, huh? quick question. Did you watch this yeah. when the show started? No, I was in the car. You I missed, you missed Tavon Frazier totally dancing to the beat of your open music when the show started. <laughs> Oh, was he? Oh, yeah, yeah he was getting bumper. with it. He liked that it. That big bumper. Yeah. I did, be hearing, uh, y- y'all never did give it to Nate to where he could have it by himself. Like, the where is it? Remember he asked for it? Oh, I don't yeah. I y'all ever gave it to him. That's Douglas. Hey, that's what did he ask for? Douglas. Douglas. You what did Nate him. ask for? He asked for the beat by itself so he could just let it play without the words. He wanted yeah, to I've been looking. I'm going to find like a like kind of a sleazy 70s bed. Every mm-hmm. time Nate asks a player, "How's your? Tell me about your lady friend." <laughs> so, computer, we 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 had our midseason awards that we gave out on the show uh, mm-hmm. last week. Let's get yours. Who's your Who's your offensive MVP so far? Uh, I say the whole offense. I give it to all. I don't want to leave nobody out. What? Come on oh, now. You sound like yeah, Nate. Saying, like, you sound Nate. like Nate. I'm going to give it to everybody. <laughs> Cowboys ain't ever going to uh, lose. Cowboys uh, win every game. I give it to Dak. Dak, been, he's been through a lot. All right. I give it to him. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Defensive MVP so far. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, nobody's – I mean, nobody's showed up like we need them to show up. You know, you don't think D Law uh, showing up, David Irving? Yeah, but he, yeah, but they've been quiet the past two or three games. I want them to show them we need them. Like last Sunday, you know, he I did get a sack last week. Yeah, a sack, and I mean, get a fumble, knock somebody down. You know, we need David Irving to show up this week. He need to be very disruptive. Yep, yeah, he need are. to go up the middle on them folks and hit that dude and knock him down. Yeah, they definitely you know? need the defensive line to 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 bring it this week. What about you? I, like, uh, I like our our new cornerbacks. I like how those kids play. I wouldn't. Like a lot of people talking about all the ones that left. The reason why all those people left was because they didn't show up in that playoff game, and Mr. Jones and Mr. Jones and Mr. Clay was kind of upset that they didn't show up. You know, uh, it's good to play when everything's going good, but we need them to show up in that playoff game. They gave Rodgers too much time, let all them receivers run around like that. I mean, you know, and then they wanted to leave, you know, yeah. because those players that left couldn't handle the pressure of playing for the Cowboys. They go somewhere else and they play better because it's not the pressure on them to be the man. When you come to Dallas, you got to be able to, all right, you got to play your position, but then you got to be able to handle that pressure playing for the Cowboys. And a lot of players can't handle that. Handle that. I think the youngsters that we got in the draft, they are dogs. I think they can handle that. They not the light is not blinding them. You well, know. Well, computer. Barry Church couldn't. Barry we, Church couldn't be Wood, Darren Woodson. You know. So, but yeah. Well, computer, we got to let you go because we have another very special guest in the studio with us. Chris, oh, yeah, I got coming in. Chris Hall is sitting here. With, Chris, what is what exactly is uh, your title? Uh, I am the assistant director of college scouting. Okay. Okay. So good. we wouldn't kick you off for very many people. Okay. But, yeah. Tell me, tell me, if you ever need any scouting in uh, Mississippi? I got word on all the SEC schools in the surrounding <laughs> area. So if you need anybody, go check somebody out. Just holler at Shannon. I go check them out or give you a little info, anything you need. You deep in I the got, bushes, huh? Oh yeah, I got deep in. I got people running around. And I'm telling you something now. That guy that we signed from Kansas City, that played at Northeast uh, Community College up yeah. here, uh, he's good. He's good. He came straight that's why out. We of, signed uh, him, <laughs> he, huh? He said that's why we signed him. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Y'all, y'all did a great job with him. I had had watched him up there at, no, at Northeast. He 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 pretty awesome. He reminded me of Tim Bourne, like he came out of Ooh. ICC and went to Miami. Hey, we had pretty good luck with the last guy we stole from the Chiefs on the D line, so we'll yeah. see where it goes. Oh yeah, y'all do. Yeah, yeah, y'all scouts, y'all doing a great, 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 great job. All the people y'all bringing in, which I've been doing, I'm really proud of y'all. We really appreciate it. Cowboy Nation got y'all back 100. percent Appreciate you, your support. All right, computer, we'll Thanks. get you on I'll in the near future, man. Y'all, man. Y'all take care. All, All right, right, go Cowboys. That was computer of three six mafia fame. Huge yeah. Cowboys fan. You ever met him, Chris? I have not. No, he's been out to camp a couple of times. So not not really your genre. You're more of a a, yeah. rock, a rocker, right? A little heavier, yeah. yeah. You, did you know Kurt's a big metal head? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. Have y'all ever been to a concert together? We have been at the same concert. Yes. Okay. Several times. I'm What's sure. the both of you? What's the best rock concert you've ever been to? For me, it was Rage Against the Machine. Really? When and where? It's probably ninety eight, ninety nine at Starplex. 
Okay. It was an amazing show. I've Didn't never been a in song a song sh- on the uh, Matrix soundtrack. I don't know. They I think so. I've never been in a show that had such just the crowd was just power. Very crazy. Oh, it was just you could feel it. It was great. What about just cuz Kurt was there? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely cuz Kurt was there. Um <laughs> Mine was probably the first time I saw Iron Maiden back in 1986 Ooh. on the Power Slave Tour. Wow. Power back Slave in the day. Tour. Where yeah. was that at? I was at Lakefront Arena in New Orleans. Okay. Where are you from? All over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is probably the coolest concert I've ever been to was Three Days Grace. They played it back when we were at Valley Ranch. Right up the street, they had a little sports bar. Right by that gas station, it's an Indian food restaurant at the bottom of the hill when you would come down yeah. to Valley mm-hmm. Ranch. The guy that owned it was from Canada and somehow knew those guys from, from Canada. And the place only held like 150 people, and they were selling $10 tickets. Wow. And me and my buddy went. It was so nice. cool. But probably the, the best show I've ever been to was probably Metallica. Yeah, They played at AEC, the American Airlines Center, about six yeah. years ago in the round. That was really mm-hmm. cool. Couldn't hear for five days. I was at that one, too. Were I you? Kurt was there, too. Were you there? I don't think I was at that one. But we were we were both at the recent one at the 18th. How was that? Was it good? Very impressive. It was good. I, should, I, w- I was worried because it was so big they yeah. might lose some, but I, I, thought, I thought it was good. I, I was fortunate enough to be stuck down in the snake pit for that one. So <laughs> a whole different perspective on wow. up close. <laughs> I, I could imagine. I could imagine. Those guys still bring it, too. Yeah. So let's talk some scouting and some football. Yes. Sure. Kurt, you, you're the football stats guy on this on this show. <laughs> well, I guess I know you're more college guy, but can we first kind of on the pro scouting side, I mean, I've always wondered, you just signed this kid off the practice squad. Right. How do you have any idea he's any good at this point? I mean, you haven't seen him play in months. You know? Right. It's Those are the tricky things that – with our pro department and what they do, they do a phenomenal job of of canvassing everybody's practice squad and and looking at the few snaps that these guys may have had in preseason games. I mean, some of these guys might only play 20, 30 snaps in a preseason game, and you've got a college history on them, and you're making judgments over just a very little bit of fourth quarter action in preseason games. So it's kind of tricky. Um, you know, this kid we just signed, he's a big guy who, who fits the, the need that we have. We're always looking at defensive linemen. You can never have enough. Yeah. That's Daniel he, Ross. Right? Yes, yeah. exactly. And, uh, you know, his background's really interesting. He was a junior college player who went up to Canada for a couple of years and made it through the Texans uh, roster this, this uh, August and was ended up in Kansas City. And there was enough there that our guys saw that – Thought there was something that he could fit in with with the group of guys that we have, and let Coach Marinelli go to work on him. Um, how long have you been with the team? I started with the team back in 1990, right out of college. Ooh. So this is my 28th season with the team. Man, and yeah. what exactly? So for people that don't know what you do, how can you kind of give them a 50,000 foot sure. view of it? The uh, the basic gist of what I do is help organize all of our college scouting information and and get our draft board prepared for all the different things that go into that uh, throughout, you know, really starting the May right after the draft is when we start in on, on the draft process for the next year. We belong to a scouting service that kind of gives us a springboard list and uh, we kind of go from there. We do a little bit of work on that over the summer and then uh, we get into camp and we study our team a little bit to have a better idea where we think we might be short coming up next year and uh, our scouts start canvassing the road uh, in August. Uh, we go to training camps and colleges while they're preparing for their season, too. And uh, then we spend the entire fall uh, watching college practice, watching games, talking to as many sources as we can at college campuses, and uh, you know, building our, building our database or really shrinking it at that point. We yes. start off with you know, about 800 names on that list, and it'll grow to anywhere from 11 to 1,200. And ultimately, we shrink it back down to about 150 to 170 guys that we leave on our draft board, and then probably another 100, 150 uh, that we would consider as as rookie free agents. So the Cowboys were the first organization in the NFL to use computers, uh, to to harness computers for scouting and, and draft, and you're now the point man inheriting that tradition. Yeah, a little bit. It's uh, it, it's interesting, you know, to see how the cowboy computer has evolved over the years that I've been here from an old 
386 desktop to all the, the magnificent new stuff that we have in the war room with touch technology and being able to open screens, multiple things on one look, and just it, it's amazing the amount of information that's literally available at your fingertips now. And you're in the war room on draft day, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. What is you have the years that you've been here for that long a period of time? You have bound to have seen some awesome <laughs> stuff. What is the what is the the best story that you're able to tell? Us? <laughs> yeah, that you're able to tell. Uh, there's <laughs> there's the cabinet right there. Able yeah. to tell that um, really there's stand- a big drop off for, for yeah. story quality. Um, there, we we've had some really good ones. One of the the I think one of the greatest ones was uh, back when we when maneuvered around for the Roy Williams trade. Um, you know, Jerry was amazingly working three different phones at the same time between Minnesota, Kansas City, and Jacksonville, and he ended up maneuvering, getting an extra pick out of it, and we knew who each team was going to take, and the trade came right down to the last minute, and the people on TV thought we passed because we didn't get the deal in on time, and it actually wasn't our pick, and uh, it literally got right down to the wire, and I had to remind Stephen that hey, you got to call the league office and put the trade in since we're the ones with the pick. And literally, he he jumped over the telephone cord. We saw the telephone cords rolling all over the place. (laughs) He had to jump over the cord and and really got the trade in right at the end of the deal. And then that caused all kinds of panic on ESPN. They didn't know who had the pick, if it was Kansas City or Minnesota, and, and guys were trying to turn cards in. And Long and the short of it was it turned out that I think everybody got the player they wanted in that deal anyway. <laughs> when it, didn't something similar happen with Witten too, where Jerry somehow got the other teams to tell they like they wanted to trade up to get him and they told him the other he got the other team to re- reel that they were going to draft Witten or something? maybe I'm wrong with that. I, I don't remember that. Wasn't one. that one? Uh, yeah. Well, you would know better uh, than I would. <laughs> yeah, it was. We've had some other interesting ones in yeah. there, you know. So it's it's been it's been a. a a long, strange journey into <laughs> the war room, to say the least. Yeah. Another good one was this year when, uh, thanks to somebody back here in the technology room, we ended up getting a uh, our war room phone number was out. Mm, on the, wonder uh, on the on the internet. I wonder who that could be. And I think some, that somebody well, put a really nice thing on Twitter. Except our phone number was yeah. Wonder deal. who that could have been. <laughs> well, mm. you're mistaking we started, this for the technology section. Oh, clearly <laughs> this is not. So what it was kind of. I mean, we look back and laugh at it now, but we kept getting all these calls in there, and it was you know fans basically suggesting what we should be doing and, and jerry and steven are always the ones that pick up the phone and and after a while it was kind of like okay something's fishy how are these people getting our number and we realized that it was out on a twitter post that we had put of just you know a nice helmet shot and kind of styling for the room and uh we we quickly got that fixed yeah we did we did Luckily, no one lost their job over that. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I was there when that went down. There, yeah, there were some tense moments. There were, sure. yeah, when IT's <laughs> running through the building, go, who the hell runs the Twitter account? Who runs the Twitter account? Like what now, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Jerry had had a pretty good zing back at the end of that. After we got it fixed, uh-huh. he picked up the phone again and acted like somebody had got through again, and and he was kind of stringing us along like there was a, a trade going on or something. <laughs> And Steven's trying to figure out what's going on. We're all looking at him like, what's up? And he just kind of goes, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was fun. Merry Christmas to you. Now, Nick told, <laughs> there you go. Nick Eatman told me a story, and you tell me whether you can tell it or not. He said you had a really fun story about DeMarco Murray. Yeah, that for me, that was one of my, my I guess, prouder moments in, mm-hmm. in my scouting business, uh, the things that I've been able to be a part of directly with players. And, uh, you know, we had – DeMarco had kind of slid down a little bit further and we, we saw where he was and we, we knew his ability and everything. And I was big, big fan of DeMarco's. And we still had a couple other running backs that were up on the board at the time, but we had had DeMarco rated ahead of him. And as sometimes will happen during draft discussions, you, you start sliding away from how your board might look in there when you're discussing – who you might want to pick or if the players are kind of even. You know, we do a lot of work to get that board put together, and, and there's a reason that it's stacked the way it is. And one of my pet peeves is always when we start to slide away from that a little bit. Uh, well, it was kind of going that way, and I was kind of bristling in my chair. And 
and we we'd got Coach Switzer on the phone to talk about him, and Barry did a really good sell job with him too. And and I remember Coach Garrett looked over at me and he asked, he said, "Okay, is is this guy going to get the tough yards for us? Is he going to score when it's it's January and we're in the Meadowlands and we got to we got to score a touchdown to win the game?" And I can't repeat exactly what I said, but I basically <laughs> said. Uh, Give him the ball and run him behind that big number 77 that we just drafted, and he'll score every time. Perfect. And I had enough. I don't know if that was, you know, the yeah. defining thing that made us do it, but it was, you know, yeah. I was hot at the time. <laughs> I took him and obviously had, you know, the best rushing yeah. season in the history of the that's, team. That's so. kind of the ongoing struggle for you all, isn't it? Because the coaches have one thing in mind, and the scouts, they have their board, and they kind of have their own – series is it hard to balance sometimes well i'll say this we've we've done a great job the last few years of really getting together and and uh fostering our relationship with the coaching staff and and we've learned a lot from them they've learned a lot from us on how we do our work and i think there's a much bigger appreciation now for how each one of us work and uh over the last few years, under Will McClay's guidance, we've we've really made a conscious effort to to get these two groups together in the spring, watch tape together, study together, work players out together, uh, really get to know the guys so that that we have fewer of those. Mm-hmm. Well, they like him and we don't like him, or or we're not quite sure about this guy. You know, you're always going to have some some indecision, and you're going to have a scout that likes a guy better than another scout, or. You know, there's always going to there's not going to be perfect agreement on everybody. Yeah. Uh, but you hope to get everybody as close to the same page and and seeing and looking at the same things. And then just as importantly, how they're going to fit into our roster and how we're going to use the player. And ultimately, that's that's the coach's decision how they do that. So you don't ever want to give the coaches a player that maybe they don't have the same vision for that you do. So, you know that that usually ends poorly as I've seen throughout <laughs> the years um, of of twenty five plus years of doing this. Yeah, you know when yeah. when we've had situations like that, it usually doesn't work out very well. Do you have? I'm sure you have. Each draft, you kind of fall in love with the guy, and you like certain guys that you know you would like to see the team draft for certain reasons or whatever. Do you? Does that guy follow you? So, like in your case, Demarco Murray, you you really like Demarco, and you kind of made a stand for him. Does that kind of follow you around and people are like, that was Hall's guy? Or is it just kind of like a team effort? And it, it, It's really, really – I can't say this enough. It, it's, a, it's such a team effort. By the time we get to the draft room and where the guys are on the board, there are guys. It's not Kurt drafted that guy or Shannon drafted that guy or, or that was Chris's pick. I mean – they kind of do that in baseball, don't they? Where the scouts I, I, really yeah, get more—they get credit they for finding a guy, you know. I think so, but I think also if you if you look at baseball, man, you're talking about high school kids and college yeah. kids and and all ages and years, and there's so many more scouts, and it's so much more. A, a guy is really dependent on finding the guys in his region, and and then letting the cross checker see him as well. But there's more discovery, I think, in baseball, and probably other sports too, hockey, soccer. One of the things we kind of talked a little bit about this past year is football is really the only sport where you don't get to watch these players grow up through high school into college or juniors or whatever angle they go to. Sometimes, you know, when a junior comes out, we may only have four or five months of exposure to this guy if if he just kind of came out of the woodwork. And you got to get to know all you can about a guy in a four-month period, whereas a a basketball scout – may have seen the kid play in high school. He may have been to five or six of his games, watched him practice eight to ten times. Same thing with a baseball player, a pitcher. You know, you've probably seen that guy throw 10, 12 times before you're going to really get behind him and everything. Yeah. Well, with us, that, that's hard to do. Our guys, we may only see a, a guy play one game or be on campus a couple of times to see him practice. And that's all just within the scope of – less than a year of when you first see him and when when you have to draft and make a decision about who this 21 or 22 year old person is so over over the 28 years you've dealt with jimmy barry parcells uh how are those what, can, how are those guys Campo and wade can't get any love here <laughs> well i'm just thinking Never about knew. the personalities Coach garrett can't yeah. even get in there well <laughs> come on douglas and and if he wants to go that direction sure but i was i wanted these the three Sure. You know, big personalities and how that how they interacted with the scouting department um, comparatively. Yeah, they were all they were all very different. Um, 
you know, with Jimmy, he came in with his coaching staff, and they had an unbelievable advantage, two unbelievable advantages when they got here. We had a boatload of draft picks, and they had recruited the majority of these guys that were going to be in the first few drafts that they had all this ammunition for. So they knew their guys. They were coming into the, to, to the NFL in a different way. Jimmy brought kind of a different defensive scheme, the fast, speedier, undersized guys. You know, that, that wasn't where the game was at the time. And he was able to take chances on, on players, and especially guys that he knew from Miami, you know, the Darren Smiths of the world, Darren Woodson. These guys were undersized players at their positions that could run. And that was the biggest thing back then. It was speed, not not size and power like a lot of what was going on in the league at the time. But Jimmy had a great um, a great dictionary, if you will, of what was coming into the league. And we had all those picks. Yeah, You know, people forget the ones that didn't pan out or the fact that we <laughs> traded five of them for Stan Smigala. Who? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Notre Dame safety. There you go. So then, you know, when Barry came in, Barry had been out of the game for a little bit, and he was just kind of – he was a little bit of a caretaker with it, and he, he let us do our thing. Uh, Larry Lacewell was our director at the time, and Larry had history with Barry and, and Jimmy and all of them at the time. And, uh, you know, Barry kind of let us do our thing, and, and the coaches got a little bit more involved at that point in time. And then ironically, when Bill was here, he didn't want the coaches to have anything to do with the draft. Oh, really? Except him. No, he wanted to say, <laughs> and he, he listened to our guys and our veteran guys even more so. But, uh, you know, he, he looked at it whereas, hey, the scouts, they've been following these guys. They're, they're supposed to be the experts of this. I'm going to trust their opinion as opposed to a coach who, you know, may not be putting his all into it at the time. Now, that's not to say what we do now, our coaches are invested in, in, in the process and how we go through the spring with them. So it was different. Bill didn't want them involved. He wanted them coaching. They were a coach. So that was that was kind of the difference in those three guys. That's interesting because he's so famous for complaining that he didn't get to buy the groceries in New England. And sure. then he walks in and he lets you guys direct him on how to buy the groceries. Oh, he still he still was buying groceries. <laughs> don't, don't make any don't make any mistake about it. He had his guys and I think I think Bill was, you know, he, he just didn't want to draft Terry Glenn up in New England. Time. He probably had his eyes on somebody else, yeah. you know, just like, I mean, you know, there's a big story I won't get into, but, I mean, we ended up getting both players, Demarcus Ware and Marcus Spears, and, yeah. you know, he might have liked one more than the other. Oh, the everybody knows. Yeah, yeah. So, but tell me this, of those two, in that draft, where was Aaron Rodgers on everybody's radar? Oh, man. Because um, what did he go like? Seven or eight picks after Spears. Yeah, because you know he—that was the one of the infamous first green room free fall experiences. I think that was broadcast live on TV, and I think he ended up going maybe twenty fourth or twenty sixth, something, like yeah. something like that. When the Packers finally pulled the trigger on him, and uh, you know that's about where we had him. I mean, we had a quarterback at the time, I believe, and it just—it it, quarterbacks are hard to figure out when you've got one. You don't value the guys in the draft as much, mm -hmm. it seems. But when you need one, you might put a little bit of air into all of yeah. them to, mm -hmm. to try and find one. Because, I mean, we went a long time, you know, with outfielders and shortstops and third basemen trying to play quarterback <laughs> here between, between Troy and, yeah. and Tony when we finally, you know, yeah. got the next guy. And, you know. That still work Like now that you're in the scouting process for next year, do you have it like, well, we're going to need a linebacker, we're going to need this, or are you just covering everything right now? Well, you're covering everything right now. You know where your needs are, where okay. you think your needs are going to be. Obviously. Maybe emphasis on other. Sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we've, we feel pretty good about the quarterback that we got right now. Sure, yeah. you know, so are we, are we digging deep, 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 deep into all these quarterbacks? Maybe not as much as we had been you know, the year that we drafted Dak. And, I mean, I'm sure people have heard the story on that. No, he wasn't our first choice. And, you know, I'm glad he was the choice that he ended up being for us, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, we took a look at a lot of other guys that year. He was one of many. And, uh, you know, it, it's worked out well for us, you know. <laughs> yeah. Things we couldn't yeah. pull off that yeah. yeah. Talking about Dak, um, this team hadn't drafted a quarterback for a while. Was – did they draft – did – was that draft, did they have in mind we're going to get a quarterback at some point, or was it just, okay, we like this guy, so we're going to go ahead and get a quarterback? How was that kind of 
how'd that play out? You know, it, at the time, you know, we didn't think Tony was going to be gone. So we weren't just completely, we, we knew he was coming to the, the final and he was rounding third base, but sometimes that stretch can last a while before you get all the way home. And, you know, we, we did a lot of work on, on Carson Wentz, you know, who we're going to play this week and Jared Goff and, and uh, Paxton Lynch and, and Connor Cook and, and Dak and all these other guys that were in there, Jeff Driscoll. I mean, we really spent a lot of time working on those guys because we had a, obviously we had a really high pick and you don't plan on being up there, mm -hmm. you know, and that is usually the one spot where you can, I mean, obviously nothing's guaranteed, but you've got a better shot at hitting a franchise quarterback up with the first four or five picks. And as an organization, you never want to be in the first four yeah, or five yeah. picks. So if you're there <laughs> and you, and there's, franchise-worthy quarterbacks that you think are there, you, regardless of who's on your roster, you got to think about that at that point. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did a lot of thinking about it. <laughs> and we did a lot of travel going to get to know these guys. And we were fortunate enough, or misfortunate enough, however you look at, to coach in the Senior Bowl that year and got some extra exposure to these guys. So all that really helped us uh, at, at the end. And, you know, I certainly don't want to say Dak was an afterthought because there was a lot of work put into Dak Prescott as well. Yeah, but the fact that he fell down to, you know, where he did to us, you know, the rest of the league kind of had that same yeah. look at him too, you know. So, you know, you just – you get lucky sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> What's the biggest change from 1990 to now? You got all kind of new technology and stuff. What's the doesn't ha, doesn't necessarily have to be technology based, but what's the biggest difference between when you came into the league and what you guys are doing now? Well, I mean, technology certainly would be number one. I mean, when I first came in, our guys were were literally typing reports or handwritten mm -hmm. reports, and of course now we have you can write an entire report on your iPhone if you want to <laughs> nowadays with our system. You know, some of the guys use iPads, some of them use touchscreen computers. Uh, the technology, the war room is unbelievable now. Like I've mentioned earlier. I used to have to cut out cardboard cards and magnets, and every time we'd make a change, you'd have to make new ones, and you'd be doing a whole new set the night before the draft. And now everything's digital, man. I can just slide a guy up and down with a touch of a finger and rearrange things. There you go. All that together. It's, Are you the only person cool. in the building that knows how to run that board? <laughs> I wish I could say yes, but I'm not sure if there's truly anybody in the building that really knows all there is to know about the board. It's, it's still... You? In progress. I mean, it's it's fascinating technology, and our, our guys, that Dave Birch and Elton and these other guys that work on that, they do a fantastic job of, of trying to figure that out and make it. A, it's going to be a, a better product next year than it was this past year. We were just scratching the surface, so we're really excited about if where the, that can If go. the learning curve's high enough, people are usually happy to let you continue being the expert at that one thing. They well, don't want to vie for that. There's job security in that. Too. Exactly. <laughs> if, you, if you ever take a tour of the star – and no one's in the in the war room. I, I believe you get to go in there. It's worth it just to see this board. It is legit yeah, wall crazy. to wall, side to side, floor to ceiling, and it's completely touch screen. And you can pull this scouting video up of yep. a guy in college and have ten different ones up and all this other stuff. And it is insane. The technology. <laughs> it's like election night on CNN or something. <laughs> yeah, it, it 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 really is. And you know, and for you know, it's. And, of course, you know, during draft time, it's really live because we've got four other boards in there that are all yeah. touch interactive, and we can put, I mean, just a whole lot of different information up at the same time to, you know, to rack our brains on what we're trying to get accomplished yeah. in there. Yeah. Awesome. So what is what will it take for Chris to be a regular guest on the I, show? I was just thinking, I could talk to Chris all day. <laughs> Dude, yeah. it's a, This has I been one that. of the best yeah, it's, yeah, I guess shows ever. just Find a sponsor for me, and I guess, oh, yeah. hey, oh, yeah. you know. there we ding, Tommy ding, John. ding, Tommy John. Get some free underwear out of the deal too, Chris. I like that quickstrap. Well, man, this has been awesome. I, me too. I could go till five or six o'clock tonight. Like I don't, I've got so many more questions, but we know you, you have a job to do. Kurt and I have a job to do, kinda. So they tell us. Thank goodness, I still have a job after. <laughs> after draft, draft day, day. Yeah. <laughs> so well chris thanks for coming on man yeah, you we bet. definitely yeah. want to get yeah. you on some more before the season's over Love to. this is yeah. awesome definitely kurt thanks for showing up thank you sir uh douglas thanks for doing whatever you do in that room kent thanks for pushing the button we will be back tomorrow we will have duro all right yes artist gonna talk some iron maiden some rage 
Yeah. He might. I bet he knows who they are. <laughs> the uh, artist responsible for ice cream paint job and get big will be in studio with us tomorrow. So we'll talk a little Cowboys football with him and see where that goes. One thirty tomorrow. Hanging with the boys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?